Well, hello, it's Laura Camacho, and today we're going to talk to Jason Andre, who comes to us from Charlotte, North Carolina. He is the Chief Marketing Officer at New Fabrics, which is a healthcare solution. He has a lot of history in the healthcare solutions, and we're going to talk about, not about healthcare, but we're going to talk about marketing ourselves, speaking up, what's changing in marketing, what's changing in, in behaviors, what do we need to know from Jason Andre? That's what I'm going to tell you. So yeah, I think it'll be a very interesting conversation. I'm looking forward to it. I met Jason through another friend in Charlotte, uh, Sarah Sophia. I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by the Practical Guide to Effective Communication. Get recognized for the value you already contribute. And my father, who is 89 years, no, yeah, he's 89 years old. He just finished reading it. He said it was very good. It's very helpful, very complete. As he said, there's something useful for everyone. So go check out the book. It's in paperback and in digital form. And so now we are going to talk to Jason. So Jason, we're super happy to have you here. Tell us, you know, I, I was just thinking, I don't think that we've had somebody who's actually in the middle of the topsy-turvy mm-hmm. world of a startup on the show before. And uh, so I would like for you to tell us about your journey. I know you were in a rather large, well-known farmer concern, and now you're in a startup. So tell us a little bit about your journey. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, so I'm currently, I've done the big switch, right? I've been in big corporate America. I worked, like you had said, for a large pharmaceutical company, GSK, uh, for 15 years. And then I've recently just joined my new venture, which is called New Fabrics, which we can get into in a bit. But I've always been in marketing. Marketing is kind of at my heart of what I do. I enjoy building brands, growing those brands, and then communicating with the consumers. So I've led many marketing groups, both here in the U.S. and globally. And I've worked, I've had the pleasure of working on many large brands that you would know and probably have in your medicine cabinet today. Oh, uh, I'm sure. <laughs> so yeah, um, health is something very personal to me. I think it's very personal to everybody. And I've always been within the health industry because of that. And I feel like if I'm going to be marketing a product, I should be marketing a product that hopefully changes people's lives. So that's kind of where my focus for the has better. been. Yeah. <laughs> for the better. For the better. <laughs> Just a little. Yes, I was asking, uh, I was, had promoting something about visibility and then some somebody put in the comments you mean visi- you mean good visibility well, obviously <laughs> yeah. i'm not going to teach you how to get bad visibility so yes change people's lives for the better and uh well healthcare is such a big industry in, in our country and actually worldwide uh, do you think that the united states is still a strong leader in pharmaceutical breakthroughs and innovation would you is that still true that's what i was always thought. I do. I mean, I think specifically working in global roles, you know, you always talk about your target markets and Mm -hmm. the U.S. is obviously one of them. I mean, China would be another one. But yeah, the the U.S. is always leading from a consumer healthcare industry standpoint. So we usually launch a lot of our larger brands here first, which is something I've always enjoyed doing. So I would say this, if you're in the industry and you can master the U.S. market, you're setting yourself up for doing it in other markets as well. Okay, well, good. Well, the people listening today, I think we are mostly interested in, I mean, we're interested in learning, you know, like, if you just ask a typical speak up listener, what's your favorite kind of movie, they're going to tell you documentary. So okay. <laughs> we, we are nerds, we like learning, but we like, 
the kind of the focus is is how to market ourselves or maybe yeah. our team or you know do, doing that kind of communication more effectively. So given the technology changes both in health and in communication, how is marketing changing on the you know to consumer market? Yeah, I think what I'm really excited to see uh, about the industry is that consumers really care about how they're being spoken to. Okay. Specifically when it comes to health. So I think you're hearing a lot about purpose-driven brands being authentic. And I think that is very important. But I also think it's even more important is that consumers are expecting brands to engage with them. So I think from a company standpoint, it's in purpose, it's important to have a focus on that. But I also think from a brand voice standpoint, it's even more important that you're showing up to the consumer, not only because they're expecting to be spoken to that way, Mm -hmm. but it's because they're holding brands to a higher standard. So I think, you know, when you're looking at, if you're working on your own brand or you're looking at another one, I think it's important to really understand who you are as a brand, what you Mm -hmm. stand for and how the consumer thinks you're showing up to them. Because I think we all know that consumers with their ability and access to social, they Mm -hmm. can really start to tell that narrative on their own. And so if you're not authentic, I think you're running into a trap of being exposed for doing just that. So do you think that authenticity piece also plays as important of a role for individual professionals in a company? I totally, I, I, I completely do. Because I think a brand is a person. There are people behind these brands. And I think for me, when it what's the most important is being human, having humility, and being honest. I mean, that is how I personally try to show up to my teams. And I think that's also what I look up to when I'm talking to someone, whether it's both in my personal or professional life. And so if you don't have those three traits, they're definitely not going to transcend into your brand. Mm-hmm. So those are things I look for in people, but they're also things that I look for making sure are in my brand purpose and my brand communications. Right. So a lot of people listening to you right now, we tend to think that you're either a straight shooter, authentic, maybe on the quiet side, because you're not BSing people all day. Mm -hmm. And then, or you're this chatterbox, chatty, Kathy, BS kind of spin. And and Mm -hmm. they... We tend to see it as this two yeah. uh, extremes, right? So, so how can a person like get visibility in a company and talk about their accomplishments or or the, what their team is doing, and not feel like they're not feel like they're being inauthentic? Yeah, it's a really good question, and I think it's you know I talk about being human, having humility and honesty, but it's all needs to be underpinned by being clear and direct. And the question you're asking, I actually get asked by a lot of my team and I, and throughout my whole career and people are afraid they have to change who they are. Yes. Yes. To, yeah, yes. <laughs> to uh, be heard or to, yes. be, I'm going to use air quotes. Good. And, and that's not true. I don't think anyone should ever change who they are, but if your goal is to have someone hear you, you might have to change the way you say things or the way that you show up. And it's something we were just talking about, but you know, I've been able to work in large companies. I've been in large meetings and I've now been able to work for small companies in small meetings. And I think the way you communicate does need to flex, but I don't think that means you have to change who you are. And so if you're afraid of that, then I think you're in a wrong space, but you need to surround yourself with people that you feel comfortable with 
and that you're able to kind of show up to be who you are. It's something that I think is important because a lot of people are really afraid of having to change themselves. And I always say, that's not the goal. I'm not here to give you feedback that you need to change yourself. I'm here to tell you that if people aren't hearing you, you've missed the goal. And so how do we help people be able to hear what you have to say and make sure that that comes through? Exactly. But, and also I, I would say, I'll maybe push back a little bit that as far as changing ourselves, we want to improve ourselves. We want to get better, acquire more skills, including, of course, and particularly our communication skills. And I love the, the flexing to meet the needs of your audience. Mm-hmm. So what do you think, let's say you're, I'm sure you've had this situation, you're talking to somebody who doesn't speak up in large meetings or executive meetings. They feel like, well, it's already been said, or it's not life-changing, yep. you know, what is, how do you coach people like that, that work for you? So I think we've all been in a situation where you're being forced to speak and so being called on. And I think that's something that adds a lot of stress. And I don't know about you, but I started my career when it, and specifically in marketing, it was very normal for the most junior person to give their feedback first. Oh, yes. (laughs) and how stressful I remember that was. And then the most senior person went last and everyone was tripping over their own words and afraid that they were going to say the wrong thing because that might be wrong. And so that really stuck with me. And, And so to answer your question, I think it's important that you give people the opportunity to speak. I don't think you have to force them to speak. Because I think when you force someone who maybe what we're talking about is introverts to speak, I think that adds added stress. Oh, no, no, no. It leads to, I mean, total brain shutdown. I mean, it just... Yeah. Right. So, so, so yeah, preparing, I think, but, but you can prepare yourself That's right. to speak up, to say something, to contribute yes. in some way. And it's not necessarily easy in the beginning, but. Right. And I think getting comfortable with silence. I mean, silence is so powerful. And I think if there's not a need to say anything, I think you need to give a moment of silence after something is said so that people who are less comfortable speaking up in a meeting or what have you, they have that opportunity to reflect and then talk versus calling on people, I think is, is, is a big thing we should be focusing on. Yeah. Calling, calling on people. Definitely. You know, I don't think you get their best. And and of course there are some times when that's necessary or yeah. expedient, but well, well, very interesting. So what made you, what enticed you to leave a secure internationally known brand big company, lots of internal opportunities to go with a startup? Oh, I think it was something that was always on my list. And I had the opportunity. I always had promised myself when the chance came, I would I would take that opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I was actually living abroad. My family and I were living in Switzerland when I was working in my last role. The pandemic hit. Oh, uh, like my goodness. <laughs> with many. Uh, I definitely had lots of time to reflect. I had also had some family health issues. So I actually lost both of my parents during the pandemic. It wasn't because of COVID, but it was just coincidentally during that time and when I was abroad. So I had a life moment where I felt like I needed to make a change. And I had always told myself when a company that I really admired came across and I felt like aligned with my purpose that I would take it. And so that's when I came across New Fabrics. And so I've always been in healthcare and I was looking for a brand that was just entering that mm-hmm. stage. Mm-hmm. And so if for you, if you don't know, or anyone who's listening, New Fabrics is a revolutionary new drug delivery system. So simply put, you can take your medicine by simply putting on your clothes. 
Oh, and wow. So that is revolutionary. <laughs> so we put medicine in fabric and it's transdermally accepted through the skin. And we really help people with treating pain. And oh. so when I looked at all of those and I was mm-hmm. currently in this uh, stage in my life, it, to me, it was a no brainer. Mm-hmm. And so with me, when something seems to make sense, I definitely go after it. And so that was the opportunity, which what made me make that big switch. And then that was even a bigger switch because I had to then get back to the U.S., which was more stressful than switching jobs. <laughs> yes, but a lot of people listening, I know you're a lot of you are with the top, top brands or companies in the world. But I also know because I talk to you all, every day, some of you and, you know, some of you are definitely tempted or enticed or curious about making that switch uh, to the to the startup where it feels like it's more risky right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so how did you overcome that perception of security versus versus risk honestly i, I mean i i had an incredible i have an incredible wife <laughs> so she allowed me to do that and it is something that we had been talking about for a very long time mm-hmm. so i didn't see it as a risk oh, i think okay. so with having the support i didn't feel that it was a risk for my family which i think is first what what mm-hmm. i would think about and then from a career standpoint, I didn't think of it as a risk because it was a brand that aligned so much with what was important to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So as long as I felt like I was working and creating a product that was going to change people's mm-hmm, lives mm-hmm. and impact them for the better, it de-risked that for me. It was a, okay. it was a, it was an industry I'm familiar with. Mm-hmm, um, right. It's just a new brand. I mean, when you talk about people who have pain, that's what's unique. Yeah. And how do you communicate to them and make a difference? Everyone's right. pain is, is unique to them. And therefore that's the challenge. And I think too, to talk about switching jobs, I was in need of a new challenge. Mm-hmm. And so having worked on brands that I'd worked on for 15 years to then going and working on a brand that's new to me, that allows me to still do what I love, but makes it new and interesting. Right. Were there any surprises for you <sighs> in the, in the startup world? I, to be really honest with you, I think the most surprising thing is that it's not that different. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think all the issues and problems that you have in a large company are the same that you have in a small company. I think the positive change is that you overcome change and risk much faster. So okay. I think everyone's familiar with startups being in a faster mode than that. Yes, yeah, some had said larger, chaotic. Right. And and I think that's where the energy comes from. So that was expected. I think what was unexpected would have been that the problems weren't unique. Yes. It was, it was the ability to to achieve them much quicker, which was new, which I right. which is you're, really refreshing. Right. You're able to move faster, more nimble, just able to take action yeah. a lot faster. I think that's very rewarding. So that that's very interesting. I know a lot of you who are listening are thinking, huh, maybe <laughs> I should take that step. And I, I think it is definitely something to consider. You have one life to live. I'm not going to say, you know, yeah. go jump off a building, but that is, is a great opportunity. And everyone listening, worst case scenario, if it doesn't work, you can you always, can always go, back. go back. 100%. 100%. I think that is so important. And something too, like reflecting on just communication styles. And to this point, if you're at a junction in your life where you want to make a decision, I think how you communicate to others, whether it's your team or through a brand, I think how you communicate to yourself is even more important 
because like you have to have a positive voice and tell yourself and build that courage up. And so that you believe what you're saying. And so I just think that is something that I truly make sure that I am in a space that is a positivity. If you know me, I think that is something that I hopefully people would say about me, but I think it's really important because if you're not talking to yourself that way, you're probably not talking to others that way. Uh, so all I can say is, how is this even free for you guys? <laughs> Did you hear that? Like you're, it's, it's more important. And, and it's something that I, I totally like a thousand percent agree. You have to sell yourself first mm-hmm. on yourself. And so many people, I think younger but sometimes people don't get it for a while that you cannot depend on that outside validation all the time. You have to see it yourself before you can communicate it to other people. I completely agree. I think that is so important. And I think we lose sight of that. And it's something too, you know, that I think people probably struggle with. Like if you're ever at work and you are confronted with a tough conversation and you might not understand that battle that that person's fighting and therefore that might you know, cause some conflict. And so something that I do very often before I have a meeting that I think might be contentious is I check myself. Am I okay? Right. Are they okay? Right. Right. And I, and I do that assessment because how many times have you had an interaction that was negative to only later talk to another colleague or a friend, and then they revealed or they revealed something like, oh, well, that person's going through a hard time at home, or that person had a death in the family. Right. And, and I think, that's to this point is that everyone's struggling and that's okay. And I think we just need to make sure that we are understanding and having a reflection of, are we okay? And are, are they okay first? Because then it kind of clears at least the mental air before you have a discussion. (laughs) Exactly. Well, it's so funny that you mentioned that because just this morning I was talking to a CFO client who she just shared this kind of funny story that she had called somebody in her circle. And she said, usually he calls me back right Mm -hmm. away, but like a week passed or more. And, and then I was thinking, well, does he not like me anymore? Did something happen? Did I offend him and all these things? And it turned out she had called him on the day of his mother's funeral, (laughs) you know, but she didn't know. And so she's thinking all these things. And then it was, you know, you just, you you don't know what's going on. Well, and whenever my mind goes to that place, I always assume positive intent. Right. Right. I think you, I think we don't do that. And I think if you stop and assume positive intent, it, it stops those voices. Mm-hmm. And I think something too, specifically in a work environment, you have to remind yourself is nobody, hopefully nobody has showed up to ruin your day. Right. You may feel like they've done that, <laughs> right? but if you assume positive intent, you then are going to start to unpick that and figure out what else is going on. What have I missed? It can't just be that this person is trying to Right. Or they're a complete idiot. Right. Know? That is true. <laughs> um, yeah. What I, what I, I add on to that, I'll, I will say yes, and assume positive intent. And I say that it's even, it is even helpful, even if you're wrong, like they really are out to get you, yeah. but you assume they're not, you're going to be more calm mm-hmm. and flexible and creative to deal with anybody. If you just keep that, your eyes on the positive intent and that is some, and of course you're right. You know, what are the chances that they really right. are out to get you? I don't, right. Not very high, but for very, slim. <laughs> very slim, but even in that case, it's still helpful 
to think, well, they're, are they doing the best they can with what they know at any time? So that's a great tip, assuming positive intent. So have you had any big learnings along your journey about to be a more effective communicator? You know, you're what, aren't you the CMO? That's a pretty high yeah. level. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think for me, the biggest one that I think people are afraid to pull on is showing humility. Oh, and, tell me about that. And I because just think, I have a lot of clients. I think they're too humble. They're too oh, humble. Yeah, yeah. So tell me, talk a bit to me about that. I think humility is so powerful because it makes everybody human, right? Mm -hmm. I think when you're working with your team, it's very important if you are wrong to say you're wrong. And I okay. think it's very important to say, if you don't know something that you don't know it. Mm -hmm. I think it's very damaging to your relationships to put a stake in the ground and be firm if you are correct. Now, that doesn't mean you should be soft all the time. If you know that this is the right decision, this is the direction you need to go, that needs to be Mm -hmm. what the strategy is laid out. But I had a, an instance really early in my career, which is kind of a funny story. I was starting out as an associate brand manager. I had actually relocated for a job and I was working with a new VP. And this is kind of a silly story, but she, for some reason, had thought my name was Doug and she did, she did not like Doug. And so therefore we got off to a very Jason, Doug, I can understand <laughs> if she thought your name were Justin, no. but, but Doug. Yeah, well, and it, and it was, it was the guy who held my position before me and that they had um, removed and I had replaced, but she had gotten us confused. And so to say we got off on the wrong foot is an understatement, but we then soon realized that this was the mistake. You know, we were able to start mm -hmm. over. So uh, actually I wanted to address it. It's more my personality. Um, mm -hmm. And so I wanted to make light of it. And in our first performance review, I was like, oh, well, I just we think we need to kind of admit that, hey, maybe in the beginning, the first few months, you didn't realize who I was. Blah, blah. And she wouldn't admit it. Oh, really? And, yeah. And oh not that gosh. I needed her to admit it, but I just felt like there was, I think that lack of humility, mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. for me really stuck out. Yes. And, at, and at that point, I realized that I had such a negative reaction to it that it was very important for me as I went through my career to, to be able to say that, if, you know, mm -hmm. if, if I was wrong, if I had made a mistake. And so I think you gain more trust in people mm -hmm. by admitting mm -hmm. you're wrong. Yes. Then when you're always worried about proving that you're right. And oh, so <laughs> the, the people that are trying to prove themselves right all the time are just annoying and, yeah. and you don't need to do that. Yeah. So out of all your accomplishments so far, what are you most proud of? Ooh, I would say the teams I built. I really enjoy building a team and watching those people go on in their careers and become people who influence others and become leaders in their own organizations or their own teams. And so I would have to say that I've, I've had the pleasure of working on many teams and many product launches. And I just feel that I'm still close friends with these people today. And I think that's how what networks and friendships are built off of. Mm -hmm. And so that is something that I hold in high achievement when I look back at my career. So yeah, that would have to be what I would say. So so do you think building high-performing teams is starts necessarily in the hiring process? When it's available. So I, you know, like I'm sure many of you listening have taken over teams where you don't have that luxury. Right. right. And so you do have to kind of 
do some resets and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And so I think when you have the opportunity to hire, I think you should be looking for traits that you know will work for your team. I also think you should be looking for traits that you know that your team currently doesn't have mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. not just hiring the same. I think you need to also be hiring for, for things that are you're currently lacking. But like, again, you don't always have that. And so I've come into teams where maybe the culture isn't the best. Mm-hmm. And, and even going back to this honesty and humility point, it's having that moment to talk about that. You know, hey, why are you unhappy? Hey, what's going on? Let me understand. Because right now, you know, I, I'm new and I don't have any of that bias. So I think where I've seen a lot of people misstep is if you don't do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You aren't there. You aren't fixing anything. In fact, you're actually building on a problem. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I know this audience is they are the kind of people who, if anything, they can be too humble. It's it's they can be too hesitant to respond if they aren't a thousand mm-hmm. percent sure of the answer. So you don't want to lose that that attitude of I may not be right, but you don't. Sometimes I think it's best to be able to offer a partial answer. Like mm-hmm. the way I see it, this seems to be happening yeah. or it, what it seems to me is blah, 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 that it's okay that you don't have, yeah. so I'm talking about especially to two new, newer directors or vice presidents who have built their careers on knowing everything. Yeah. And then you get to the point that you can't know everything. Can't you give a partial answer? Is that what you would yes. say? What would, or what? Would yeah, you give no, I think it goes to being honest. Yeah, you, okay. You you are going to get more credit in a meeting when a question is asked and to say, you know, I don't really know the answer, but let me look into it and get back to you. Or I feel like it would be 20%, but let me check mm-hmm, versus mm-hmm. saying, I don't know. Or even what's worse is to not say anything at all. So I think- People are human and they expect you not to know everything at all times. Yeah, right. And so I think that's important. And I also think people will credit you for being vulnerable and saying, hey, I think this is the answer, but let me double check. Right. There's nothing worse than when someone says a wrong answer and then doubles down because oh. they're too ashamed to say that they were wrong. Yes. That is like credibility decimator yes. just yes. smashes it. <laughs> Oh my goodness. This is so good. And it's like, I feel like we're, you know, we are talking to somebody who is in the trenches, like applying the marketing, both internally promoting yourself in within your team, within your stakeholders and helping to build this new brand. Is your product already out? Is it FDA approved? And Yes. So you can buy us in Walmart, Target, CVS, Walgreens. We're in close to 20,000 retail doors. Mm -hmm. So take a look. But what are the typical use cases? Like, so what we, what we sell right now over the counter is pain relieving compression sleeves. So it's pain uh, medicine targeted directly at the source. So if you have knee pain, we have a knee sleeve for that. If you have wrist pain, we have a wrist sleeve for that. And so versus taking a pill, you Mm -hmm. can treat pain directly at the source. And we're able to work with uh, a lot of amazing scientists to help us get our mission across by just making health and wellness simpler. Mm -hmm. And then I think too, for an aging population, there's a compliance concern here. And so instead of remembering to take your medicine or having to reapply your creams, you're able to just simply put on 
your sleeve in the morning and you're able to wear it all day. And oh, so I, yes. Yeah. And I think too, like when it comes to the communication, no, this is new. Mm-hmm. Everyone is, is so used to just taking medication the way that they've always taken it. And I think what we're offering is a new, a new solution that a lot of people are are looking for at the moment. Yes. My, I, my mom had an issue with pain and uh, her last few months and, and taking the medicine. Also the pills give you these terrible side effects That's and right. all kinds of things. I think this is a wonderful uh, development because Chronic pain is just the worst, right? Yeah. So, so it's, it's. I think that's great that you're somebody figured out an alternative <laughs> to taking opioids, yes. for example, or even too much of um, something less acetaminophen or anything like that. And yes, I, and I, yes. And I think, I think too, like I can't take the credit for creating it. I think the founders and creators are amazing at that. I'm now making it a brand that people will hopefully become a household name. Yes. And so even going to communication, like, I think it's important to not just communicate the benefits. It's to show consumers how this can make their life better. Right. And so, yes, we target pain at the source and yes, we're fast acting pain relief, but mm-hmm. I think where we're going to win is by showing people that we fit in their everyday lives. We understand their pain and this is an easier solution. And, and that's where I think we're able to gain a lot of traction. All right, everybody, you heard it here first. Remember that, that they only speak up. You not only learn communication, you learn about the cutting edge <laughs> uh, health products like new fabric. So, uh, Jason, this has been great. It would be kind of funny to call you Doug. Just <laughs> <laughs> but, I would answer. <laughs> but I won't do that. <laughs> I really find that that is a great story, though. I have some um rapid fire quick answer questions and then i want you to just close with you know like your your words of wisdom for this audience of people who are sincere are authentic who's maybe they feel sometimes not recognized lacking visibility like just any kind of marketing yourself in in a company but before you get to, and then, then we want, of course, how to, how to get more Jason, but, but I, we want to know. So where did you go on your last vacation? My last vacation was Greece. It was an island called Zakynthos. So Mm -hmm. if you haven't heard of it, check it out. It was our favorite place to go. And still as we've been there several times. Okay. Zakynthos. All right. (laughs) Another pearl of vacation wisdom. What's your favorite dessert? Uh, that's cheesecake. So if there's a, uh, if there's a menu and cheesecakes there, I have to I have to order it. Okay. Is there a favorite kind of cheesecake? I'm just curious. <sighs> no. no. Okay. <laughs> I would say good, good <laughs> because I'll, I'll also tell you this that if you order uh, the cheesecake and it's not good, I will not finish it. It's not worth. Oh, it. <laughs> right, 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 right. So where do I I I don't know if you're a big shopper or not, but what is your favorite store or retail brand? Right now, it's funny. I'm, this is going to be a strange one, but Aldi. I know a lot of people oh, might yes. not see and, and think of Aldi in high regards, but it's a German brand. Uh, I think they have excellent quality, and I think it's just a no bones down to the point, and I think they have great produce. <laughs> yes, I told, no, no, I love Aldi. We have one here where I live, and I love, and I've heard about their, I don't know if it's owned by the same people, mm-hmm. Lidl's or Lidl's, mm-hmm, yep. but Aldi is a fabulous. Well, and, and having lived in Europe, I'm so used to having to pay for the cart. And so I know yes. that's a big hurdle for some, 
but I'm like, well, in Europe, this is actually quite normal. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I'm a big Aldi fan as well. What about what kind of music do you like? So this always surprises people, but country. So I grew up in the Midwest and I I always have a strong affinity for country. Well, you know, the thing about country music, funny, I'm going to Nashville next week uh, for a conference, but uh, I think country music t- tells the best stories. You mm. know, that that's what I think is good about country music. What about, what kind of movies do you like? I like, it's funny you said nerds like documentaries. I <laughs> love documentaries, but... I would say next to that is actions. Anything that has action. If I'm going to sit down, I actually want to want to be engaged the whole time and not be bored and have to be on my phone, which most movies do. (laughs) Right, right. So it has to be action-packed, so therefore I'm focused. Yep, that is my husband also. Well, how would you describe your personal style? I would say very organized, but laid back. (laughs) Okay. So yeah, I think internally I'm very organized. I have a plan. I know what I want to do, but I I hope that I'm more relaxed than I guess what's going on in my brain. (laughs) Yes, that I don't see the, well, (laughs) you seem to be relaxed to me. Organized, relaxed. (laughs) Organized, relaxed. Here we have a new retail brand, organized, (laughs) relaxed. That's funny. Were you afraid of anything as a child? Well, of course, I'm just trying to think of what that was. Gosh, so uh, this, and it's still something I'm afraid today. So we grew up on a a lake, I guess you could say. And so we were were always on the boat, but I would say I'm deathly afraid of what's under the water. (laughs) So whether it's a lake or an ocean, I'm, I'm, if I'm in the water, I mean, I can obviously, I'm just constantly worried about what's lurking beneath there. (laughs) That's funny. Well, you know, it's funny on that topic of seawater anyway I lived in Venezuela a long time and a lot of their beaches have this clear water like you find in the Florida panhandle I mean where you literally can see your toes just like it's a bath Mm. and then I here in Charleston it is not like that at all you don't see it's just like it's like you would not like it you cannot (laughs) see one millimeter below is like green so I don't know what's in there and do you collect anything I do. I, I, we really don't. I think this is going to make us sound like an aging couple, but having <laughs> lived in Switzerland for Christmas, we've started to collect the nutcrackers. So like, oh, I think yeah. we probably have more nutcrackers than we should have. So anytime oh, Christmas funny. comes and my wife and I get them out, we're kind of embarrassed. Oh, but that's I, I, that's the, And the only reason that's top of mind is because I'm sure like many people within the month, we've been putting all that stuff away. So yeah. Right. I love the German word for nutcracker. I lived in Germany too. It's Nussnacker. <laughs> so those of you can even learn German vocabulary, Nussnacker for nutcracker, which is literally nutcracker. But to me, it sounds so cool in German. All right, Jason. So tell, you know, just leave us a final word, some words of wisdom and where we can catch up with you. I'll leave a, a link to, to new fabrics so people can find that. I mean, I think everybody... If you haven't met somebody who's dealing with chronic pain, you will. Yes, it look is us a, up. It, it's a terrible predicament to have that situation. So it's very encouraging to have a new option. So I'll let you have the last word. Yeah. No, I think I think confidence is key. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, uh, you have to be confident in yourself, but then also realize that others are confident in you. So if you're in a role, just remember you were hired to do that role because someone thought you could. And so don't be afraid to speak up. Don't be afraid to give your opinion. And I would also say if you're invited to a meeting, it's because someone wants you 
to be a part of that meeting. And so I think there's nothing worse than just sitting in silence and not having a point of view. So I think being heard is very important. So for me, it's about confidence. I think building that in yourself so that other people can see that within you. And then my last thing would be do something you love. You have to be passionate about what you do so that it's the reason you get up in the morning and it's the reason that you go and do what you do. I love that. All right. So how you, I know you're on LinkedIn. Uh, do you, you want me to leave the new fabrics website? In the yeah, I would say, I would say, you know, look us up on newfabrics.com. Um, we're also available on Amazon if you're going to be looking us through your mobile device. But I think the best way to get in contact with me would be through my LinkedIn. And mm-hmm. so uh, I engage with lots of people there. And I also would be open to a conversation. So a lot of people send me messages there and say, hey, I'm new to the industry. I'd love to get your thoughts. And yeah, I don't mind doing that at all. Well, guys, you're welcome. What can I say? You're welcome. I know this has been such a value-packed episode that we got to talk to somebody who's very successful and still authentic and humble and and yet confident. So you can be both. You can be humble (laughs) and confident. So thank you so much. And we'll catch everyone on the next episode. 